From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello and welcome to Amateur Radio. This is the WIA National News Service, the Wireless Institute of Australia, and it is for week commencing October 20, 2013. This news is happening now. Emergency communications in disasters. When that fierce cyclone came ashore in India and a devastating earthquake struck the Philippines, it was radio amateurs who provided vital communication. As Cyclone Phelan headed towards India's Bay of Bengal, authorities quickly evacuated dangerous areas. The Amateur Radio Society of India was set to go with trained radio amateurs. That monster storm in the very same region 14 years ago killed 10,000 people. This time, with the early evacuation of many thousands, the death toll was about 21. JUVU2JAU asked that 7145 kHz be kept clear, as Philip, VU2DPI, VU3BHI and also VU2AOR worked around the clock passing essential messages and doing what they could to help. Then an earthquake two days later saw activation of the ham radio emergency service operators by the Philippine Amateur Radio Association. Ramon, DU1UGZ, said, As crews were about to clean up the debris left by Typhoon Santi, the 7.2 magnitude earthquake occurred and caused numerous casualties and damage. He asked that 7095 kHz be kept clear for emergency traffic. Messages over HF, on two metres and via Echolink, included that many buildings had been damaged, bridges collapsed, power outages, schools closed, weather reports and aftershocks. Remember, when disaster strikes, often the emergency communications provided by radio amateurs supplement and support those engaged in relief and rescue work. Radio Infrastructure Service provider BAI has scored a significant deal with the New South Wales State Emergency Service to project manage the responders' communication equipment overhaul for the next five years as frontline workers upgrade from analogue to digital. The program of works associated with the operational communications upgrade will cover 229 operational field units and usage by more than 10,000 volunteers and 300 staff members that routinely rely on radio communication during emergencies like natural disasters when mobile phone coverage is frequently rendered temporarily inoperable. The project is part of a wider move by emergency services into a harmonised government radio band. The Wireless Institute of Australia, that's us, the WIA. Well, we're seeking your comment on the broad area of promotion for amateur radio. The WIA thought it should look at the role publicity and public relations play in promoting our hobby. As you know, it has set April 2014 for the PR for Amateur Radio Expo. And more information can be found via the What's On column of the WIA.org.au website. With six months to go to the Expo, the WIA wants to hear of your experience in promoting amateur radio, either actively, planned, very rarely, or even if not at all. With the entry-level foundation licence reshaping of the standard and advanced licences, the earlier abolition mandatory Morse code tests, the hobby in Australia is now more greatly accessible. Have we changed to meet this new environment, or has nothing altered? Many, many more people for both recreational and vocational uses should find amateur radio attractive, and it also helps to better understand it in the community. The WIA wants to hear this month 
on how you think amateur radio is promoted. Hope to hear from you soon with your thoughts on the subject. And how do you go about it? Well, send your thoughts and comment to PR for amateur radio at wia.org.au. That's PR, then the figure four, amateur radio, or one word, at wia.org.au. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Castledon in North Brisbane, it is transmitted on 7.130 MHz at 2300 UTC Saturdays. I'm Paul, VK4, Bravo Golf Tango. VK1WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Australian Travellers Net. This is a message on behalf of VK4NL, Young Noli, with traffic from the ATN. For net times and frequencies and contact details, go to the WIA website, click on For Members, scroll down to Reference Info, then Amateur Radio Nets, and finally, click the Traveller's Net. Noel's reason for contacting you is to seek help from fellow amateurs to assist with net control and relay operators. This net has been going for many years and we'd like to see continue for many more to come. It provides an invaluable service to travellers Australia-wide, ensuring their safety and passing traffic. Please help Noel to keep the tradition going. All he asks is one hour of your time, a couple of days a week. How easy is that? Get with the spirit of amateur radio and let's keep the travellers moving. If Noli can do it, so can you. VK1RGI, Mount Janini, two metre repeater, is back on air. Thanks to the efforts of Paul, VK1TEE, and Gil, VK1GH, we have a replacement repeater on two metres. These gentlemen obtained a surplus Motorola MTR2000 40 watt repeater and undertook the required processes to program and tune the repeater up for our use so that Murray VK1MDP and Phil VK1PL could take it up and install it on Saturday 12th of October. To use the repeater, you need to ensure that your transmitter is set to transmit a CTCSS subtone of 91.5 Hz. If the repeater does not hear that subtone, it will not key up the transmitter. At present, the tail is set a bit long, which we will remedy on the next trip to site. It is unlike previous units that had an end of overbeep, and hence you needed to let the carrier drop before your transmission so the timeout timer can reset. The weekly VK1WIA broadcast will continue to be transmitted through both the UHF and VHF repeaters on Mount Janini. We hope to have the issues experienced last Sunday morning resolved by this week. We think it's just a matter of audio levels. This is Alan, VK1WX. It may still seem a long way off to February the 23rd and the CCARC field day at Wyong, but many are eagerly awaiting the event. We have just sent out the application forms for places for traders and exhibitors and we have already received a verbal confirmation from Lee from Andrews Communications saying he wants to be there as usual. We've also got a new exhibitor confirmed as well. 2014 we'll see a table with the VK2 Summits on the Air Group explaining the SOTA award system to anyone who is interested and showing off some of the lightweight equipment they use to run portable radio from the tops of mountains. As mentioned last week, the courtesy bus has been booked and we'll 
collect passengers from the Wyong train station and the main car park for those that need some assistance, delivering passengers close to the traders area. Come along and meet up with your old friends and pick up some bargains from the car boot flea market sales area. See the latest amateur radio equipment in the traders area and if you start to feel a little tired there's a lift up to free tea, coffee and biscuits in the main building. How about some education? Lectures are being planned and will take place as usual in the main building. Examinations for all licensed classes will be possible also. So all the usual events and perhaps a couple of new ones should make the 2014 Wyong Field Day the best so far. 73, this is Ed, VK2JI, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast ARC. Still continuing our whip around Australia, and still in VK2, Amateur Radio New South Wales will conduct its next Foundation Weekend, the 19th and 20th of November, at the VK2WI Dural site. Bookings are required by an email to education at arnsw.org.au and candidates do need to bring a passport photo. Assessments are conducted on the Sunday. And make a note of it, the next Foundation Weekend in 2014, that's the very first one in 2014, will be January 18 and January 19. In VK3, it's the first anniversary for VK3 Home Brewers. The next meeting of the Home Brew Construction Group will be at the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, Saturday the 2nd of November at 2pm. At the show's first anniversary, you're encouraged to bring along some show-and-tell items and join the birthday party. The next group mini e-newsletter will be sent to Amateur Radio Victoria website subscribers in the week before the meeting. It will feature DDS frequency generators and things like Arduano. The group may be contacted by email, homebrew at amateurradio.com.au. Now, I do know that we seem to be giving a lot of URLs and uh, email addresses today, but the easiest way to find that is by going to the wia.org.au website and reading the text edition of this, the VK1 WIA National News Service. Over in VK9, and Fred, VK3 DAC has been visiting Lord Howe Island the past week, but leaves October 20, so, well, you've just got today. While there, in addition to his hobby of bird watching, he got on air as VK9 DAC. Lord Howe Island does count as a separate entity for the DXCC and has an island on the air award reference number OC004. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. What use is an F-call? The name of this segment is meaningful if you're aware of amateur radio licensing in Australia. But if this is all new to you, then I might as well have said, what use is a flux capacitor? Let's start with some generic information. Unlike CB radio, where the license is based on the equipment itself, a so-called type approval, that is, if you use a certified CB radio, you're licensed to use it, amateur radio works differently. In amateur radio, the approval is related to a person. They're licensed to be an amateur, and that in turn affords them privileges and responsibilities. 
In Australia, there are three basic license types, Foundation, Standard and Advanced. Each license has different requirements and obligations and grants you different privileges. When you obtain a license, you can apply for a call sign that is related to your level of license. The license that can get you on air in a weekend is the Foundation license and the call sign associated with that starts with VK, which means Australia, a number related to your location, followed by the letter F, and then three letters. So my call sign, VK6FLAB, or Victor Kilo 6 Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo, tells you that I'm in Australia. The 6 represents Western Australia, the letter F denotes a foundation license, and the letters LAB are in my case a random collection of letters assigned to me by the Australian Communications and Media Authority, or ACMA. The letter F in my call is where the name F-Call comes from. Some amateurs use their name in their acronym, or use letters that have some significance to them, or they use a license that has historic or memorial value. If you listen to amateur bands, you'll hear many different call signs, each with different rules and requirements. Each country has a subset of the alphabet to play with and can allocate within their range as they see fit. Listen out for call signs. Write them down and look them up. They'll tell you lots about where the station is and who it is that is behind the microphone. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. Thanks, Ono. Now, if you're listening in Victoria, particularly Melbourne, and you'd like to become a radio amateur, listen up. A foundation license class and assessments by Amateur Radio Victoria will be held at Ashburton November 16 and 17. To enrol, contact Barry Robinson. His call sign is VK3 Popper Victor VK3PV. Now you'll be able to contact him on the web. Drop an email to foundation at amateurradio.com.au or telephone 0428 516 001. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Radio Amateurs of Canada have announced the granting of three academic scholarships and one community grant. The individual recipients of Victor Echo 3, Papa Juliet Mike, who is attending Carlton University, Victor Echo 7, Tango Juliet Delta, who is attending University of Victoria, and Victor Echo 5, Lima Romeo Bravo, who is attending the University of Saskatchewan. Each of these young amateurs will receive a $500 academic scholarship to assist their further studies in electrical engineering. In their application, each one stated how being an amateur is a good match to their schooling and provides hands-on ability to complement their academic studies. Shaftesbury High School in Winnipeg also received a $500 community grant to assist them to become the only permanent amateur radio Aris Telebridge station in Canada under the guidance of Victor Echo 4, Sierra Hotel Sierra. In the USA, a Nobel laureate who started as a radio amateur recently spoke at Chestnut Hill College's 20th anniversary of its biomedical lecture series. 
Dr Michael S Brown, formerly W3DCL72, said an amateur radio operating licence obtained at the age of 13 while a student sparked his passion for science. In an interview, he went on to say he and a friend used to build their equipment from various parts or kits. I would plug it in and blow every fuse in the house. My parents were not very happy with this hobby, but what made it scientific was you had to go back over the entire thing step by step and figure out what you had done wrong. And that's the essence of science, because experiments never worked the first time round. Thanks to the US shutdown, pirate radio activity reaches an all-time high. As frustrated as many are over the US government shutdown, it nonetheless offers one unique benefit to the shortwave radio community, and to pirate radio in particular, no FCC enforcement. Read the full story at swling.com. Germany, world record broken for wireless data transmission at 100 gigabits a second. Researchers in Germany have addressed the issue of expanding cable-based telecommunications networks by using broadband data transmission via radio relay links to make the economies more feasible. In the current issue of the Nature Photonics magazine, researchers present a method for wireless data transmission at a world record rate of 100 gigabits per second. In their world record experiment, 100 gigabits of data per second were transmitted at a frequency of 237.5 gigahertz over a distance of 20 metres in the laboratory. For rural areas in particular, this technology represents an inexpensive and flexible alternative to optical fibre networks, whose extension can often not be justified from an economic point of view. At a data rate of 100 gigabits per second, it would be possible to transmit the contents of five DVDs between two devices by radio within two seconds. In New Zealand, a film program commemorating the 50th anniversary of the opening of Broadcasting House, a hub for New Zealand radio during the second half of the 20th century, the films look back on Broadcasting House's rich history from its opening in 1963 to its demolition in 1997 and some of the memorable moments that passed in between. Broadcasting House was a multi-purpose broadcasting centre on Bowen Street, Wellington. In its heyday in the 60s, 70s and 80s, Broadcasting House was the home of what are now known as Radio New Zealand National, Radio New Zealand Concert, Radio New Zealand International, the AM Network, News Talk ZB, Radio Sport, ZM Wellington, Access Radio and the news operations for Radio New Zealand and Commercial Radio. There were also music and drama studios for radio and commercial recordings, commercial production studios and a master control room. Among other films, news items from the 1990s look at how the internet may change the operations of traditional media and report on the 1997 Broadcasting House fire. The Broadcasting House 1963 to 1997 programs screened Saturday afternoon 26th of October at the Film Archive, Taranaki Street, Wellington. In Switzerland, this year marks the end of an era for one well-known station, Hotel Bravo 9 Sierra, the station based at the World Scout Bureau. This year will be its last uh, year because the World Bureau is relocating its offices. Uh, It's moving out of Geneva, pretty much sure it's moving out of Europe. They don't know exactly where, but they do know it will be taking place in 2014. And so uh, this will likely be the last time that HB9S is on the air from Switzerland. The UK High Altitude Society Arctic challenges to launch a balloon and payload from the UK that crosses the Arctic Circle before the next UK High Altitude Society conference in September 2014. 
The challenge will require development of a payload launching a floating balloon and also the ability to receive the data confirming that it's crossed the Arctic Circle. There's a prize for the first person to complete this challenge, which includes a cash prize, a trophy, and eternal glory. I think that's interesting. For more information, see the wiki page, http ukhasorguk forward slash ukhas um, colon hmm, arctic underscore challenge. I'm sure if you go to ukhas.org.uk, you'll find it. Some names in the news. First up comes word that Nate Brightman, K6OSC, stepped aside as the W6RO wireless room manager aboard the Queen Mary museum ship anchored in Long Beach, California. Brightman, now 96, was the W6RO wireless room manager for 34 years. Prior to that, K6OSC devoted a decade arranging for the GB5QM last voyage amateur radio operation from the Queen Mary. He then was responsible for establishing W6RO as the club station of the Associated Radio Amateurs of Long Beach. K6OSC cited his recent illness, hospitalization, and his advanced age as reasons for his decision to step aside effective October 1st. He is succeeded as W6RO station manager by David Atkins, N6HHR. The Psychology of a QRMer is the title of a feature article authored by James Milner, WB2REM. In it, Milner, who is a licensed psychologist with 35 years of experience, delves into the thinking of those who cause problems for their fellow hams. Without giving away any of the plot, we'll say that Milner is very meticulous in separating unintentional from intentional interference. This as he looks into the underlying factors of operators who cause the these kinds of problems on the amateur bands. The psychology of a QRMer makes good reading, especially if you've ever been the intentional target of a jammer. You'll find it beginning page 44 of the October issue of CQ magazine. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2013. CQ Worldwide DXSSB Contest is October 26 and 27. WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day Weekend of November 23, 2014 WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Day 11 and 12 January WIA John Moyle Field Day Weekend March 15 and 16 WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3 1010 International Summer Contest August 2 and 3 WIA Remembrance Day The RD Contest August 16 and 17 Manly Warringah's Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September. Special Event Station, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Special Event Radio Station, OQ4CLM, Belgium. This year is the 32nd time the Special Event Radio Station, ON4CLM, has been used. CLM stands for Canadian Liberation March. 
a 33-kilometre march that the Canadian troops did in Holland to liberate Kanoki in 1944. For this 32nd edition, they are granted the use of the special prefix OQ instead of ON, which means you will hear OQ4 CLM on air this year. The event takes place from last Wednesday the 16th through till November 15th. A Dutch team from the Mercy Ships Project will be operating as TN2MS from the Congo until 24 October. They are active on all bands 160-6 metres in SSB, CW and RITI. Bill, who has operated from a number of countries in the Pacific Ocean area, has returned to the South Cook Islands from 14 October to 9 November. He will reactivate his E51 NAU call sign on all bands 160-10 metres using CW only. QSLs go via his home call N7OU. D2CT is on the air from Angola through till November 15, operating PSK 31 and RITI on 20 through 10 metres, including the WARC bands. QSL via CT2HPM. Members of the Andorran Amateur Radio Union will be active again as C37NL from Andorra during the CQWWDXSSB contest. The dates are October 26th and the 27th. QSL via C37URA. The Norman Lockyer Radio Group will be operating GB0HE today, Sunday, the 20th of October, to celebrate the 145th anniversary of the discovery of the element helium, HE, by Sir Norman Lockyer. The station will be located at the Norman Lockyer Observatory, Sidmouth. Activity will be on most HF bands depending on conditions. More details, etc. on qrz.com. Awards. A master list of VK3 national parks. The special activation period of Victoria's national parks is only weeks away, on Friday the 15th to Sunday the 17th of November. Portable stations will be eager to make many contacts under the Keith Rocher Memorial National Parks Award. This is the third year for the event. The award encourages operation in Victoria's 45 national parks. Suggested frequencies are 7.090 MHz, 14.195 MHz, 3.600 MHz and 144.1 MHz. It's good to see at least two stations from VK5 crossing the water to join in the fun. A master list is on the Amateur Radio Victoria website. It will be updated when more National Park activations are confirmed beyond the current seven. Do check this regularly for the latest details. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Central North area, it can be heard on the VK5 RH repeater 146.925. At 9am Sunday, I'm Brett, VK5 ZII. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The 31st Annual AMSAT Space Symposium and Annual Meeting, November 1-3 in Houston, home of Johnson Space Centre, will highlight the 30th anniversary of amateur radio's involvement in human spaceflight and the evolution of amateur radio into a successful program aboard the International Space Station. Forums during the event will focus on various aspects of amateur radio in space, satellites and satellite-related technology. Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, ARIS, is an international educational outreach that provides opportunities for students to chat with astronauts and cosmonauts aboard the ISS via ham radio. It all began with NASA astronaut 
Owen Garriott, W5LFL, the first astronaut to communicate via ham radio from space during STS-9 mission in 1983. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting, Calling frequencies in Australia, 3.6506507.0990, Joda clusters. How do you find other Joda stations? By using only the official Joda frequencies and by using the Joda cluster. The cluster is always online for scouting events, but mostly used during the Joda weekend. You can reach the Joda cluster using pi4raz.nl port 7300 in your favourite cluster software, or use the web interface at pi4raz.nl. So, if you're interested in the Joda event this weekend, make sure you will be found too. Guess what? That takes us to the end of WIA National News for another week. On the social scene, left in October, October 20. I think that might even be today. It's in VK3, it's the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamvention. In November, November 2, VK4, it's the Gold Coast Amateur Radio's Hamfest. November 3 in VK5, it's Hamfest, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society. November 10, VK2, Amateur Radio New South Wales Radio Fest Dural. November 10 in VK3, Microwave Test and Tune Day. November 10, also in VK3, Yarra Valley Hamfest. November 15 to 17, Victorian National Parks Weekend. Wrapping it up, November 24 in VK3, Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. That's at Rosebud. It's their Radio Fest. Till next week, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.